0: Here are your hosts, Chase Palm And broadcast school has really paid off. Auntie. And Neil McCrady. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into
2: this Thursday edition of Oxford Exxon Podcast. It's Chase Palm, Neil McCrady. Thank Jeffrey Wright joining us momentarily. At least I have not heard differently. So we will uh, talk some college football for you today. Ole Miss will practice this morning. will practice tomorrow morning. Both those. Uh, we have limited availability. We are not uh, seeing the entirety of practice anymore that ended on Tuesday, so just heads up from a content standpoint there. Players available after practice today. Coordinators available for the one time in the fall after tomorrow's practice. So Charlie West Jr., Pete Golding involved with uh, that as well. So uh, I told just, you uh, that
3: when you, yep. I told you when you verbally attacked Caden Costa the way that you did the other day <laughs> that that was going to lead. That was <laughs> to getting going kicked to out, out of practice, practice. Yes, I mean you just. You just can't take your kicker hatred out there and do – it's just – anyway, go ahead. I, I, I might be the uh, – other than
2: having it armed with a pen and a notebook, the, the least offensive media member because I never pull out a camera um typically for me at least don't even pull out a phone and i don't sit on golf carts. i don't do anything like i stay out of the way i, I, I mind my business i mean i'm i'm the model media member in a way at uh, uh at practice and uh that you and i way, so. are
3: easily easily you and i are two of the least intrusive <laughs> reporters ever i mean i was at practice tuesday night i was listening to cubs mets had my airpods on just walking around taking notes i didn't film anybody i, I left people I, I don't ever try to talk to anybody i don't i don't uh, i don't commit any of the media offenses that are uh that are often complained about uh, behind closed doors yeah it, so never yeah. I'm, I'm very very passive when it comes to that
2: yeah I uh, didn't mention the top Oxford Exxon podcast presented by Twisted T on that here in a little bit, but the Oxford Exxon Highway Six West in Oxford lunch specials, five sixty nine every single day. The uh, the protein, the entree changes depending on the day. A couple sides, bread, any size fountain drink you would like, going all the way up to the very large, the uh, the sip. If you would like to even get some refi- refills on those, just forty nine cent fill ups on your fountain drinks. At the Oxford Exxon, the Donuts in the Mornings, Clinton, Brookhaven locations available for uh, for that. They make a homemade every single day. So stop in, take advantage of those options there in Clinton and Brookhaven. They'll be statewide eventually, those two locations for now. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio.
3: We are Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi, 662 257 That number call it Ask for uh, my friend Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. 662 257 1900 is that number. Uh, guest will join on the, uh, I've got the wrong reader up. Guest will join hey, really? on the, I uh, know, I'm, I'm okay. Guests will join on the uh, Campbell Clinic hotline. Yeah, I had McCready Siski ads up. I uh, didn't. I didn't have, I didn't have uh, our ads up. That's okay. Campbell Clinic is in Oxford now. It's twenty six oh eight South Lamar Boulevard, Suite one hundred two, just across the street from the Cottages at Hooper Hollow. The Campbell Clinic provides full service orthopedic care, everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle injury surgery, I should say, to spine and total joint care, to pediat- pediatric orthopedics and physical therapy. To book an appointment, go to Campbell or call 901 759 3111. Walk ins are always uh, welcome at the Campbell Clinic as well, Monday through Friday, 7 30 a.m. to 4 p.m.
2: Just hitting this here off the start because we talked about it forever. And I know, uh, I know you have, I mean, it's, it's the story with realignment, what this looks like. But this is almost pulling back, or not really almost, it is pulling back a little bit from some of the things we said yesterday. This is from Pete Thamel. Um, last night around 9 o'clock, this went live. He says, after ACC presidents met Wednesday night, the pursuit of Cal and Stanford for conference membership, quote, hit significant roadblocks. Sources told ESPN no vote was taken. The conversations about expansion among the presidents are expected to continue as they wrestle with the best way to position, blah, 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 blah. Um, says that um, there have been long odds the schools would join the conference because there's not a significant financial value add, which we harped on yesterday and we're telling the truth about, For a league that is staring at a looming revenue gap with the SEC and Big Ten that could reach $30 annually, adding revenue must be a major factor. SMU has also been bandied about. Those conversations aren't headed anywhere either, sources told ESPN. Cal and Stanford remain far more appealing to a faction of league presidents because of their academic and brand value, even though they would not bring in a financial windfall. Um, Sources also confirming the one school who had been pushing for Cal and Stanford is Notre Dame, which is a member of the ACC and everything but football, which we knew.
3: I mean, Notre I mean, Dame, this is a day later for everybody to look up and go, "Duh!" Like, hold yeah, on, I mean, hold Notre, on a minute. Well, help me with the Notre Dame part. This, this Notre Dame thing. And, and look, I'm as big of a Notre Dame stand as anyone, right? I mean, Notre Dame, I, they, they, it's a big deal. I get it. I get it. I, I don't. I don't even try to fight. You, the you like the fact that they just sort of put the middle
2: finger up and kind of go, "You know, what? we're independent. We're fine. I'm not dealing with all your crap over there.
3: We're good." I, I respect that they have been able to do it this long, and that they intend to continue to do it for as long as they can. Sure, I respect that. Whatever. But here's the part that's weird to me, and and I'm. And there's a lot here there, it, there were little things that happened yesterday that let me and let me be clear, I didn't talk to anyone, I heard nothing new. So before anybody goes, oh, was Neil saying he heard something? Nope, nope, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm specifically tell you, I heard nothing. I, I podcasted with Chase, and then I I um, I did some work. I podcasted with Tyler. I did the Josh Hendrickson show. I did a Peloton ride, and I watched a very frustrating Cubs game last night. So that's that's what I did. But we've got to talk about bunting at some point in the show today because I, I I I have I have a bunt okay. problem from last right. night. That I want to get to that I'm, okay. I'm really worked up about, and I need to get it out of my system today. Okay. Because the Cubs don't play again until Friday night and the bunt's going to bother me for two days. So anyway, that's what I did. I didn't talk to anybody. I have no new information, but there were some things that happened that like sparked little flashbacks to old conversations over the years. One of them is not this, but the Notre Dame thing's interesting because Notre Dame wants Cal and Stanford to get in the ACC, even though Notre Dame's not willing to commit to the ACC. And the other commissioners, like Florida State, basically said, "You, you want Cal- you want Stanford in the league? Cool. You got to join. You got to join and bring your money with you. You you bring a value add that we can take money from." And Notre Dame's like, "No, no, no, no. That's not what we mean. We just think you should take our friends over here. Yeah, but you're not coming. No, we're not coming. We're going. We're, we'll, we'll keep doing our thing. We'll play some of you, but no, we're not going to be a member. We're going to preserve the right at a moment's notice to go." Anywhere else, and Florida State's like, nope, not not doing that. That kills the conversation. And then I thought it was kind of interesting that a couple of the schools that's reportedly were real bulky on all of this were NC State and Virginia Tech, NC State and Virginia Tech. And then I saw a tweet. I don't have the guy's name in front of me. He's the guy that's in. He's in West Virginia. And he has been all over all of this for a couple of years now, on his tweets. Doesn't miss much. All right. One of his tweets yesterday, and I and I, and everyone knows I'm a I'm a I'm a, I'm a admirer of Greg Sankey, but also understand that Greg Sankey is never going to uh, be completely transparent about the SEC's intentions.
0: He as said, he "Don't should've.
3: listen," to, as he shouldn't. He said, "Don't pay any attention to what Greg Sankey is saying." And then he said, in fact, it's the opposite of that. And I went, oh, interesting. So you're telling me that the SEC, which I would understand, is maybe having some just, you know, tea time a little bit, just a little coffee talk with maybe some ACC schools where, hey, look, you know, when those schools call, it's not the SEC originating the call, by the way. It's those calls those schools are calling. Would you have interest in us, or whatever, if, if things fell apart? And I kind of wondered if maybe this was a sign that we keep focusing on the wrong schools. Because there was a time, Chase, I don't remember when it was. It was back pre-pandemic. Where the two two of the schools that I heard about when it was SEC might do a big expansion, two of the schools that I heard about a lot were North Carolina State and Virginia Tech. And people would say culturally, those schools fit in a way that Virginia, North Carolina don't. Those schools fit. And you look at the SEC, which continues to go with the it just means more thing. Well, football, even though they suck, football means a lot at Virginia Tech. I think mean, football yeah, I mean, means- the, the the beamer era happened, sure. Yeah, I mean they they fill it up. They've got the inner sandstorm and all that stuff, and there's there's it. It looks like an Sandman, SEC, Sandman, whatever. It looks like it looks like it looks like a football. It looks like SEC football sometimes in the in the, <laughs> in, the in the stands. <laughs> I've never been to a game in Raleigh. I have no idea, but I've I've never been to Raleigh. But of all the options, I mean, I
2: I, I get what you're saying, and I, I agree with you. It was definitely a school, but. Of all the options, you want the North Carolina land grant institution?
3: No, I know, no. uh, And again, hold on. Like, let me be clear. I, I, I was totally transparent about. No, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. But and I'm and I I just I'm 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 reading the tea leaves on this ACC thing. And Stuart Mandel, you can. And sometimes I don't care for his work, but he's he he is talented. He know he and he absolutely knows people. I mean, he's almost writing about the ACC today in in a in a, almost a past tense. I mean, saying that the only thing that's really holding the ACC together is this grant of rights, and I know no one who thinks that these schools are going to make it all the way to the end of the of the of the contract.
2: Okay, back up real quick. Let me get this out of the way because otherwise, I'm going to forget it. Notre Dame, let me go back there real quick. Notre Dame's 80, so I guess it's still Jack Swarburg. He we don't want to join you in football, but we're demanding you had you add two teams to your conference who do nothing for you financially so we can play them in other sports? Hold on a minute. Yes. Hey Jack, buzz off.
3: Which is and essentially what, what they're
2: telling him today. That's what today.
3: they told him. They told him, you want us to add. Stanford and Cal, okay, you join full-time. You sign a grant of rights. Buzz off. You bring your money. You do that, hey, we'll have a different conversation. Yeah, you'll get
2: one. You can bring Stanford all you want if you want to join the league, bud. You know how Larry Tunzel got a couple extra ones? You can get a couple extra ones. You're Larry Tunzel. Sure.
3: Sure. 100%. But if you're not going to do that, no, 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 we're good. Yeah, the second word in the sentence would be off.
2: Yeah, I kept our e off the show this you, morning. You did. Okay. Anyway, had to get that out.
3: I'm just saying. I think I think yeah, the yeah, message yeah. would be a little stronger than buzz off. It would, but it would the be mem- two words, and the second <laughs> word would be correct. It would off. You would just have to change <laughs> one word. No, it wouldn't have to add any letters. Four just letters. Four letters. One. That word. You can stay. Um. <laughs> Probably with an exclamation point.
2: Yes, or two periods. Word period <laughs> word period. Yeah, yeah. blank. Oh, <laughs> okay. I, I completely get what you're saying, but if you do that, if you grab, if I'm missing something, if you grab Virginia Tech and you grab North Carolina State, and that's how the SEC gets to whatever it is on your on your deal. That is because North Carolina told you no, right? Because there is not a – you cannot logistically or logically, either one, tell me why North Carolina State makes more sense than North Carolina. It is not feasibly possible.
3: No, I mean, what I'm saying is it might be part of a quartet that gets you to 20. Oh, you
2: think we're going to 20 with this? I I mean, Virginia, North Carolina, North Carolina State, Virginia Tech.
3: Okay, so here's my thing. Florida State is being awfully – vociferous
2: to the point that it feels like panic
3: more than knowledge oh it's interesting okay you might be right if it's panic this is really bad pr like you you don't panic like this publicly if it's but it's
2: a bunch I, of board of trustees who are used to getting what they want and they're all millionaires
3: do you think it's conceivable that the big ten has told them hey if you guys can get out we got you
2: well, conceivable, sure. I mean, yeah, why not?
3: Because if Florida State-Clemson, and that was the rumor in some circles this summer, Florida State-Clemson was the, the, the Southeastern Big Ten buy. If that yeah. means that puts them at 20, 18 plus 2 is 20. If they go to 20, I don't think the SEC will just sit at 16. Maybe they will kind of doubt it.
2: So you think one league can direct the other to add teams to match in
3: a way? I mean, I know it's more complicated than that, but. If you're the SEC and the Big Ten adds USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, Florida State, Clemson to get to 20. 14 to 20. I mean, I think you have to look at that and go, okay, what did they do to their league from a TV standpoint? It's more attractive. They added more attractive games. I, I've, I've told you this for a while. I think the whole Big Ten Saturday night game is a real problem potentially for the SEC.
2: I think that is the biggest problem for the SEC of any of the things that are happening right now logistically and television-wise.
3: Now, a lot of people, and I can hear you saying it, and so just so you know, so I'll go ahead and get it out. There's nothing stopping the SEC from telling ESPN, hey, we want to have SEC Saturday night. On ABC. We need a on, network. On Yeah, on, on a network. We need a network. Well, put it on ABC. Put your best broadcast crew on it. Yeah. Uh,
2: Make it look like ESPN, but there's an ABC little thing in the corner, and we're going to do that at 630 on Saturday night. Yeah. Or seven or whatever.
3: Pre-game at six, kickoff at seven, seven fifteen, just like the just like the networks do. Let's go, let's go head to head, yeah, because we think more people will watch Oklahoma. We're here in Tuscaloosa
2: is Oklahoma yeah. battles Alabama.
3: You are you are looking live at Bryant Denny <laughs> Stadium. There's Nick Saban. Yeah. Oh. Look, there's Bevo. There he is.
2: Hey, hey, real quick, did you see? Uh, I noticed this on on YouTube last night. Did you see where um, uh, T Bob Bay Bear copied our uh, um, our thought on Saban? He walked off his press conference uh, podium smiling yesterday and made a big deal, like, "Oh hell, I don't know what's going on here." Literally, Nick was Nick was grinning like a jackass eating sawbriars yesterday when he walked off the podium.
3: He like, was. completely
2: just, like, ear-to-ear, ear, like, he was happy, Neil. He was happy. I, know.
3: I, I mean, maybe Nick's getting soft in his old age, finally, or maybe he knows something. I, I, I lean to the latter.
2: Hey, Jeffrey, Nick Saban keeps smiling when he's talking to everybody, and he seems very, very happy. Is, is, is he getting soft, or should we be very concerned and Alabama's going to win a lot of football games this year? I Sorry,
3: think he's you're still connecting. Hey.
2: Yeah, uh-huh. All I heard was the end of that. Are, are we talking about Sabin here? We're talking about Saban. He keeps smiling. He's been really happy the last two weeks. Is, is that a sign that we're undervaluing have we Alabama? The,
1: have we done the math? When did he get the uh veneers?
2: Oh, you think, think he's showing also, off teeth?
1: Yeah, because you know, Kepka that remember when Kepka would never smile and all of a sudden Kepka got the veneers and then he he became a little bit uh a little bit more smile happy. Um, I do think, I do think we need to probably pump the brakes on thinking that all of a sudden Alabama's eight and four football team. Um, because I do find myself, I do find myself talking myself into LSU just as much as I think everybody else is. But the last time that Alabama went two straight years without making it to the SEC championship game, I believe, I believe it Trying to think, ten and uh, it's ten and eleven. So the ten, the twenty ten wow. Auburn team and twenty eleven LSU. That's the that's the last time it's happened. Now, I obviously can acknowledge the landscapes changed a little bit. You know, Georgia is fully functional and and maybe we're starting to see that. But I, I do think we probably should. I think we should be. Pro- that there is still kind of a forgot about Dre moment here with Nick Saban this year where it's like, you know, y'all know me, same old me. (laughs) F y'all, all all y'all blow me.
2: It's a conversation we had a couple weeks ago, I think the three of us on on, on this episode, was we keep talking about Alabama might be whatever because we don't trust their quarterback play, yet we give Georgia every benefit of the doubt in the world that their quarterback play is going to be fine and enough to win titles. It it defies logic a little bit. I think
1: it's twofold. It's because you're right. It's not only is it the same thing in terms of replacing quarterback, they're also replacing coordinator. Um, Yeah. I do think, though, with Alabama, the problem is. The problem is I don't I honestly think they would. We would be treating it similarly to what we treat Georgia right now if they didn't go and get Ty Buckner. And the problem with getting Ty Buckner was, okay, you just got Tommy Reese from Notre Dame after you got turned down by the Washington O.C., who doesn't even call plays, by the way. And then we know that Alabama was trying to get basically every quarterback they could in the transfer market, and you wind up with Ty Buckner. I think it's kind of like it's the overall, like, why are you getting this guy that's so wildly pedestrian After getting his OC, like I think, I think it's that's what's causing everybody to be skeptical. It's not necessarily just, oh, well, they don't have quarterback figured out. It's the options we've seen at quarterback is mediocre at a worse, on a worse team in a less competitive, air quotes, league.
2: Because if you trusted Ty Simpson or Milro, then you wouldn't be having this problem right now. I suspect that's correct. I guess you could also make the argument.
1: Um, you know, there's no such thing as too much insurance,
2: and maybe you do trust Ty Simpson, and you don't. Well, I, mean, I mean, I get that it's a returner versus a new guy, but I mean, you know, Ole Miss had Spencer Sanders, the guy from 10,000 but, feet, as well. I mean, they hate Jackson Dart, then, right? Well, that's my first. My first thought was, you know, I
1: mean, Ole Miss says what's up. I mean, I do also think with Alabama, there's a legitimate concern of, you know, the last two years they were living on a prayer with with Bryce and that if anything happened to Bryce, they were dead in the water. And so maybe this is, you know, hey, we don't want to live that life again. Like, we got to we gotta shore up this position.
3: It was a valid concern on their part. I mean, Bryce gets hurt in what the second quarter of that game in Fayetteville and that thing got squirrely in the fourth quarter. And then a week later, I mean, they just barely beat Texas A&M. With, with... Or one play away from losing A&M. Yeah, with Milrow at quarterback. I mean, you know, it you don't have to stretch very far in both of those two games to give Alabama losses. I mean, if if they don't convert that third and whatever it was, nineteen or whatever, where Milro scrambles and um coverage got messed up and he found a lane and ran 70 yards and that kind of allowed them to get some breathing room if they have to punt right there they're they're probably in trouble against arkansas and like i said it was one play against texas AM. and they could have easily lost both those games
2: any other quarterback in the country it'll miss beats them in november no doubt any other one well in any other country any
1: other quarterback in the country in tennessee the exception of caleb by, williams yeah yeah
2: fair
1: tennessee right. tennessee beats them by 50 if they mm-hmm. don't have bryce young uh LSU probably runs them out of the building if they don't have Bryce Young. I mean, which is is, how we're
2: doing this and how we're going. Hey, well, I mean, they don't have Bryce Young, so exactly. No, this eh. is why we are where we are is because it is like an implicit
1: hat tip to Bryce Young. With that said, like you know, I still have legitimate questions. Like I do think their offensive line is going to be better. Um, I don't. I've not seen anyone that scares me yet at the receiver spot. Um, you just lost your best offensive weapon that wasn't Bryce Young in Jameer Gibbs. Um, you know, it, it feels like, you know, from a kind of sort of uh, telling the truth angle, like, did Kirby just invigorate every defensive minded head coach last year? Like, hey, Load up on defense, run the rock. It's 2012 all over again. And maybe Saban's like, you know what? If he can do it, I can do it too. Because so the I mean, thing
0: is- Reese,
1: you know, Tommy Reese, Tommy Reese is not afraid to put two tight ends on the field.
3: Oh, if you told me that Saban is smiling because he knows something, it's defense. It's he's smiling because he thinks think he's, not, defense, he's got his defense, uh,
1: defense, and doesn't he have? I think his offensive line is going to be pretty good. And doesn't he have a big freshman running back? Like, I think they got like a nice placeholder. And by the end of the year, he could be, you know, he could be back to 70 30 run pass.
2: Problem is that Georgia buys better players doing the same thing. It's become the, it's become the Alabama problem from years ago. You can't out Al- Alabama, Alabama, and now it's Georgia.
1: Yeah. No, I do think that they've, flip roles like yeah. I, I think georgia now is alabama and then alabama's now georgia like what, what it was like under rick um Ooh. Ooh. The, i i still think though i don't know i i feel like the west is going to be wide open you can talk me into like a a 19 like late 90s early 2000s scc west where like if you can get to 6 and 2 you're going to
3: win the west me too I'm- there's so i mean i know it's camp season where optimism runs like the nile just just but there's a lot of optimism at multiple programs right now i mean which For tells me it's, the-
1: not even, it's not even the the optimism it's the look where everybody plays each other yeah like it's one of those it's one of those years where like you know lsu has to play at alabama but you know a has to play at LSU, and then LSU has to go to Oxford. And, you know, Auburn's always this weird, you know, it always gets weird for them in odd number of years.
2: Like, I just feel like... I feel oh, you like you could it, bite somebody. Well, oh, there's yeah. not
3: a bad team in the league. I mean, Auburn has talent. If, if you told me there was a bad team in the division, I would tell you it was Auburn. Usually there's a bad team in the division. I would say it's Auburn. I don't think State's going to be bad. I don't. I'm not saying they're going to be great. Same for Arkansas. I don't think Arkansas is going to be a great team, but I don't think Arkansas is going to be a bad team. I think Ole Miss is going to be a good team. I mean, you could talk me into Ole Miss being a great team. Um, we've talked about Alabama. I, I I do I do think LSU has the ability to be a great team. You're, so and Texas A and I mean we we've, we've gone through this.
1: Well, and like what what we talk about with LSU having the ability to be a great team. Also, no team that lost. No team has ended up being the national champion when they lost three games or more, or then losing more than three games the previous season. So LSU lost, so basically it's four or more. LSU lost four. Now, granted, part of them losing four had to do with the fact that they had to go get, they had to go, uh, they had to be on the other side of the field when Georgia was like on their kill tour in the SEC championship game. But like, you think about that LSU team, like, okay, I'll throw out the Florida State game last year because I think that game was like freaking weird. Um, like I went back and rewatched a little of that. That's just a weird, weird game. This team got run out of the building at home by Tennessee. They got run out of the building by AM. Arkansas took them to one possession. Like, this wasn't I think it was kind of like they're getting a ton of credit. For the Alabama win, hat tip, deservedly so. But, like, it wasn't like this, this team was, you know, waiting to, uh, you know, this wasn't like a sleeping giant awakening. Like, they basically
2: had an Ed Orgeron year. It's the most volatility of any team in the league. I get that some people think they're about to go challenge for the playoff, and if they could go 8-4, and four, and no, I wouldn't be at all stunned. They have a returning quarterback, and they beat Alabama last year. And they're and they have Errol Perkins back, and I think they could be pretty good on defense. And
3: they I get guess, Mason Smith back. Mason Smith's a, a beast in the middle. I mean, he's he's a he's a force.
1: I guess I would say it this way. Um, to get back to your original saving question. If one team goes eight and four, and then if the question is who would be the most surprising eight and four team in the West, I think my answer would be
2: Alabama. A hundred percent. Yes, it's not not I, even a question to me
1: because uh, I'm completely with you. I can definitely see eight and four for LSU. I can game it out where eight and four for AM, I can game it out eight and four for Ole Miss. Um, I've got a And frankly, a little... eight and
2: four is a ceiling for Arkansas State down the down the yeah.
1: line. And all in Auburn, like I, you know, there's that. If you look at Ole Miss's schedule, is a kind of like a weird schedule in that it feels like. The meat of it is like in the dead center, like that. There's like a four game stretch where it's like Auburn, Arkansas, A and
2: M. Uh, no, it's Alabama, LSU, Arkansas, Auburn, four in a row. Yeah, but who are the two after Auburn? There's like a
1: because Neil and I have done this where like you go through like, like yeah, there's like a meat meat of their schedule where it's like a four game stretch against the basic sides kind of everything. Yeah, and it's like if you go three and one or better, like okay, all of a sudden, like you know,
2: Alabama, LSU, Arkansas, Auburn, Vanderbilt, A and M.
1: Yeah, to me, like that that stretch of can they go four and O in those last four? Like if they A&M, go four, Vanderbilt, Auburn, Arkansas. Yeah, if you can go four and O in that, then all of a sudden, you know, nine and three is on the table, but. You know, it's easier said than done when everyone just goes, if you could just run the table
2: in a, a, a meaty part of the schedule. Yeah, win all the coin flips, you're going to have a hell of a season. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's true. Uh, bye week, by the way, between Arkansas and Auburn for oldness. us. It is uh, August, but Heavenly Sunshine has Christmas on their mind. To kick off Christmas, they are excited to announce holiday lights by Heavenly Sunshine. Well, they know Christmas lights are beautiful. They can be a lot of work. Let them take care of the hassle and do the work for you. The full-service installation plan, they install, take down, and store the lights. They use commercial-grade LEDs, that are 100% customizable to your home or business. Let them take care of the lights while you take care of the gifts. Book your free estimate before August 31st and mention MPW 10 for 10% off. They've been serving the Mid-South and Oxford for four decades. The full-service commercial residential property maintenance includes power washing, soft wash roof cleaning, facade cleaning, and window cleaning. That's HeavenlySunshine.com,
3: 662-342-1203 to book your free estimate. Get ready for 2023 Ole Miss football by stepping up your sock game. Select one of three different Saturday 7-packs to complete your outfit for each of the Rebels' seven home football games. Select the Oxford edition or one of the two NIL boxes. Dead Soxie members get exclusive pricing on the Oxford 7-pack, while NIL boxes are on sale for $150. Step up your game day style with a seven pack of Dead Soxy premium socks and cheer on your rebels in comfort and style. It's deadsoxy.com. We're also brought to you by Pinnacle, Pinnacle based in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. They've got clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states. They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much, much more. At Pinnacle, investing is treated like a commodity. Decisions are made using objective information and research, not emotions. So, regardless of your level of wealth, Pinnacle will sit down with you. Uh, they'll listen to your goals, study your expenses, and put forth a comprehensive, detailed financial and retirement plan built just for you. It's mypinwealth.com, M Y P I N N wealth.com. we brought to you by uh, John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis uh john is with uh, virtuoso it's a worldwide network of travel partners that allows him to supply his clients with added values unique benefits simply not available to other travelers get in touch with him give him some parameters give him a budget he's going to give you options that you're probably not going to find on your own 901-494-3387 or j edwards at regencytravel.net and we're brought to you by opa it's oxford's newest greek restaurant on the square uh, it's a perfect place for a company dinner, a festive party event, fabulous food, great craft libations as well. They accommodate up to 200 guests for catering or booking information. Call Genie at 601-421-7147. We were telling you about 7South tailgating. Uh, if you're going to tailgate in the Grove, it's coming up here soon, you want to tailgate with 7South. They'll make it where you'll never tailgate without them again. They've got individual game packages, single game, double game You can add on with uh, TVs, that kind of thing. You can basically make your uh, package as complicated or as simple as you like. Tents, tables, chairs, coolers, tablecloths, box fans, generators, sidewalls, all of that and more. For SEC game packages, non-conference games, individual games, again, it's 7southtailgating.com.
2: Podcast is brought to you by Prime Shrimp. PrimeShrimp.com. Seven different flavors available for you. Everything from the Orleans-style barbecue to the signature, the full meals in a bag, the Simply Shrimp that you can season yourself, and much more. You can get that delivered directly to your door. You can have it prepared in fewer than 10 minutes from freezer to plate with restaurant-quality shrimp. They also offer their two-pound bags of individually frozen shrimp. A lot like with at the grocery store, except for a higher-quality shrimp from the New Orleans-based company. Again, code RG with PrimeShrimp.com. You buy five pouches or more and get 25% off. Choose your favorites or a variety pack there with, again, primeshrimp.com.
1: October 4th. Yeah, Ole Miss needs that Auburn game to be at, like, they need the league to do them a solid. They need that game at, like, 11 a.m.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. I'm
2: not at all asking you to comment on Calkins thing yesterday, but just in general, what's the mood around Memphis with all this going on right now? Because like Neil and I were looking at the American the other day and what they lost, that's become a shit league. Like there's nothing in that league that is inciting at all. Well, you have not heard Mike Oresco
1: talk about no school in the country has captured the Hispanic hearts and minds in the San Antonio area area, quite like UTSA. It's an exciting emerging market. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah, there's... Wow. I don't know. there's There's like a couple... There's a couple of... I would say, like, there's, like, two main reactions. One in which, like, you got to do everything you can. Like, you know, it's, it's hail Mary time. And then the other reaction that I think is probably a little bit more common. It's just like, F this, wake me up when this is all over, like fast forward to the part where fast forward to the part where you guys just do your own thing in football. And like, hopefully the NCAA tournament's still open. Oh, I mean, I think that is, I, I do think, I think some of this reaction is way too hyperbolic and it's too dramatic, like the end of college sports. I would say, though, I don't trust the people in play to come up with a good plan. So I don't think that, like, while while I think the the sky is falling, people are wrong for thinking the sky is falling now. I do think there's like a legitimate concern of, are we really sure that these people are going to, want to get this thing into the dock?
3: Like, are they going to land
1: this plane? Because there's a, there's a, Q and, they would.
3: there's a Q and a in Mandel's athletic mailbag. It, it's again, it's I, a, I, I, Neil, it's been a tough two years for Stewie. It has been a tough two years, but he kind of nails this here. He gets a question. Where he says, the the question is, do the media companies understand what makes fans love college football? This isn't the NFL where you move a team to another market and the fans remain. Oregon State fans will never be Oregon fans. FSU Miami fans will never root for UF and so on. The passion in college football that comes from the rivalries, pageantry and tradition is very real. If you tear the soul out, NFL Sundays are already right there. He signs it anonymous, which tells me Stewart probably did that question to himself. But his answer is not awful, and he's he's kind of right here. And, and and you guys know me; I'm not romantic about this stuff. But he says, "When I picture the type of fan the TV execs are thinking about when they make those big deals, it's not an Oregon State dad and his son who go to Reser or Riser Stadium together on Saturdays, then come home and watch the Pac-12 late game. They're picture even
1: though it doesn't
3: look like it." They're picturing a a New York Giants fan in Queens who can't name a single current college player and could give two craps about Oregon state. But if they see Ohio state is playing USC on a Saturday, they'll stop what they're doing for an hour and watch. And there are millions more giants fans in Queens or Patriots fans in Southie than there are Oregon state or Washington state fans in the entire United States. Depressing, but true. He says, I mean, it's a little sappy, but he's not wrong. No, uh, but you, we've,
1: I don't know. I feel like I've been on this. I feel like I've been on this soapbox for ten years now because I love the NFL. I love college football. Like I'm not one of these football fans that that believes like you can only like one. No, I get a full weekend of loving football. I get Saturdays and Sundays. But to act like that you can turn college football into the NFL, one hundred percent you're you're killing
3: the soul of the sport and what it is yeah i and, love both but i love them both for different reasons they're not on, I agree like like there's a difference it's, to me on nfl sunday than there is on college saturday the pre it, 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 shows are different everything's different you can't make college football the nfl because the nfl is Better at the NFL than college football will ever be at being the NFL in the same way that you can't make the NFL the college game, because the college game is better at being the weird wacky college game than the NFL will ever be. Well, and furthermore, like
1: when is the last time you saw like let's take the the Sunday night game, the game of the week. When's the last time you saw NBC's crew set up? For 20 minutes to watch how a team enters the field and what's the fan reaction going to be? Like,
2: never.
3: You, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's totally different. Exactly. You, don't, you don't watch, we don't watch, hey, man, our, hey, everybody stop, stop, stop what you're doing. The Packers are taking the field. No, but we do that with Clemson. They run down a hill and touch a rock, and the head coach sprints down the hill and we're like, oh, they can't miss this. Virginia Tech takes the field to the song and stuff, and you're like, oh, I got to watch this. I mean, Iowa turns a, a, after the first quarter and waves to the hospital. you all are like, we can't, can't break away from this. It, the NFL doesn't do that, that, that it's, it, but that's what makes college cool. And,
1: and just I, like in the same way, y'all, college football between the lines is not a great product.
3: Very rarely a great product, and, and quite often a, a, a crummy product between the yes. lines.
1: It's also, though, part of what college football is, where you sit there and you go, oh, my God, that defensive end lost contain for 58 straight plays, and they just got the edge, or what is that safety doing? How do you sit there and you give up, you know, another 70-yard bomb? Like, you don't see that in the NFL. At the same time, it's like part of the charm of college football is, hey, the game can flip at any moment because they're college kids
3: yeah it's why you guys make fun of me for watching illinois iowa you're like i don't know how you do that it's paint dry i'm like yeah but one of these one of these days the paints the painter's just going to go ah screw it and he's he's just going to throw some stuff at the at the wall and we're going to see what happens i mean it's inevitable in the in the iowa illinois game you finally get that play late in the third quarter where it's like you know that double reverse pass we've been practicing Let's break it out now, and it's either going to work or it's going to be a carnival. But it's funny, and so you, I, I watch it because I'm waiting. Well, there's, that there's always moment. an
1: element. There's always an element in college football, and it's the joke I've been making. I don't know ten years now. Like you can sense when when a game is fishing in the liquor cabinet. You know, like it's been yeah, kind of, yeah. it's been kind of, it's been kind of hanging out for a little bit. Maybe sticking to beer, and then all of a sudden, one coach decides like, let's rip shots, and then the other coach is like, well, I guess we're doing this. And so then a game just gets drunk, and like that's part of the entertainment. And then you get on the flip side, you get like when Harbaugh plays Illinois, like he could run a modern offense, but it's like as soon as he gets into like a punt fest, he can't help himself. He's got to get back down in there. Like he's got to get three yards, cloud of dust. Like that's part of college football is the variety and whatnot. And we are killing the variety for the sake of making a TV product better for
2: someone who's going to like wake up on a couch and hopefully just have CBS on for an hour. That's the thing. That is the part of this and hang with me that you are, it's the athletic directors and the presidents and all doing this for the, the, the money, even though, as I said last week, I don't really understand what the extra money is actually doing for anyone outside of the athletic department to then spend in some bloated way. And you, you look at it, you're killing the local product to make the national product better. Well, who actually supplies things? It's local. College football, hang with me here. College football is very similar to Major League Baseball. And we can talk about Major League Baseball not being national and being stupid, and they are. Don't get me wrong. We don't know who Shohei Otani is outside of the people who actually follow sports. But at the same time, they know that regional markets and their own markets, and they care about their team, and that's what supplies it, and that makes it what what, what works financially and all the way around. Well, college football is much the same way. It's local people who have some interest and care. And, you know, baseball still has the fan bases that listened on the radio and KMOX, and that rums down into the fans. And you like your – baseball is the one sport where Pat Hughes or Joe Buck or whomever, you got your dude, and that's your guy, and that's what you move on. It's a very similar thing to college football, and at least baseball understands that and goes, hey, yeah, we'd love to be national, and we're screwing it up, and they're terrible on social media – but they do know what butters the bread. College football is losing that right now to make sure that the guy in Dubuque wants the Alabama-Alabama-Oklahoma game while not really giving a damn that the actual person who's in the stadium doesn't get the games and the variety and the things they want to see. I mean, I I don't know where it ends up, but it is the baffling thing that people are doing it to their own constituents to satisfy this more national audience. So I think the issue is Major League Baseball
1: is not fully funded by their national TV deal. Sure. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. teams have to sell tickets. I mean, like if you listen to to your point, like if you listen to a Cardinal broadcast, I don't think you can go like 90 seconds without hearing, get your tickets for whatever the upcoming series is like it is emphasis on selling tickets. And then you have the local TV market. The problem is college football. I agree with you entirely. they have, they're trying to go from this regional model to this national model. And I just don't know if there's the appetite for it.
2: Well, there isn't locally because it's also coinciding with, Hey, by the way, you don't get to play Arkansas. You're going to have this situation and Hey, we need you to pay all the players and do that too. It's all of it. It's all combined. Not to get on that soapbox. No, I mean, I I think it's
1: in, in a, in a similar way. It's on top of, on top of Transfer Portal, Waiver, NIL, like, all those things happening simultaneously. Now, let's just throw another issue on for fans. Like, to your point, one of the most insane things that I think has developed is we've gotten fans talking about, like, what the TV money is. Like, oh, your TV deal's not as good as mine. As if, like, they're somehow getting a a cut of it. Like, (laughs) hey, y'all, the TV money's never been the TV money's never been higher and they've never been asking you to give more than right now. Like what universe are we living in?
2: The TV money matters for a certain amount of schools to be able to do certain things from a cost of business. Ole Miss, probably one of them, you know, 15 years ago, Ole Miss's overall budget was like $50 million or something. Now it's one twenty or whatever it is. I don't know without looking it up, but You know, 15 years ago, they would not have been able to pay their head coach a top 10 national salary. They wouldn't be able to do some of the facilities things. I do think that has led to some access bowls and some things from that standpoint for a a fine out number of teams that had the ability to become bigger brands with a little more money and a little more success. And Ole Miss is one of those schools. But if you're at the bottom and you get a little more, you're still not catching anybody. You still can't do it. I mean, frankly, even state shows this to some extent. Indiana, those kind of schools show this to some extent. And then on the top half, so A&M went from a $220 million budget to a $260 million budget. Who gives a crap? What difference does that make? Because you've got enough money to do whatever it is you need to do at that point outside of just pay some administrators a little more or hire another analyst when you already have plenty as it is. I just... I don't see what the actual feasibility and functionality of it is at a certain point, unless you're in the middle where you can move tiers with the extra amount of money. Well, and then like, for me, there is this legitimate question
1: of, there seems to be this concept of like, if you're in the big 10 and you're in the sec,
3: you're fine forever. Are we sure about that. No, I, uh, you know what today, and again, I'm, I'm gonna give Mandela's props. He, he, he writes about, about this, about the whole, you know, you can go back and look at how the English Premier League formed and all that stuff, and I, and I don't know if the comparisons is, is, is good enough to really go there, but he, he brings up a point where he goes, you know, there's nothing stopping one of these great big entities, and he names one, J.P. Morgan Chase, who absolutely tried to break up some of the big soccer leagues and form a super league in Europe. What's stopping a big equity firm or the Saudis or anybody else. I mean, pick your villain from saying, here's what we want to do. Let's get a 24 team or a 32 team league. Let's get the biggest brands and y'all just play each other. Just play each other in football, break away, basically be professional teams and y'all play each other. And you'll all just take all the money to the bank. You won't have to split it. You won't have to give any money to Rutgers anymore. You won't have to give any money to Indiana anymore, or to Mississippi State or Vanderbilt anymore. Nope, you'll have all the big brands. You guys just play each other and make all the money and 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 get as fat and happy as you want to get. And you know what? I can't sit here and go, that's insane. That would never happen. I I, I can't I can't say that anymore.
1: How is that any that that scenario that you just painted out? is way more logical than what we're dealing with right now in which the Atlantic Coast Conference is trying to convince all their presidents to vote yes on adding two schools from that literally sit on the Pacific Ocean.
2: And give nothing to that, you financially. Correct. How How is how is what... Oh, in 2008, and we said, hey, by the way, in 15 years, uh, Cal and Stanford are probably in the ACC. We'd go, hold on a minute the hell are no, you wait, talking
1: wait, about where did we lose the plot because there had to have been like <laughs> a million things that happened before that like what what happened yeah
2: but the, the day before texas decided they might go to the pac-12 whenever yeah. that colonel came out and he went hey by the way here's what this looks like and you know blah, blah blah arizona's in the big 12 in 15 years you go hold on a minute what the hell
1: yeah because i actually think like if you want to talk about the original sin To me, the original sin for the Pac-12 is either one of two things. It's number one, allowing essentially Oregon State and Arizona State's ADs to basically run the conference forever. And then the day that they did not get the deal done with Texas, that set up the environment where you could have this war. Because if they would have just gotten the deal done with Texas, you probably have a little bit of you have a little bit of stability and there's not as much vulnerability in these leagues in which instead of probably two big leagues or two super leagues, if you will, you have three really big leagues. And I I think it probably would have been more sustainable, but then, you know, I mean, that's, that should have, could have, would have. But to me, if we all kind of agree that football's breaking away at some point, this is where I just keep thinking like eventually someone's going to sit there with the checkbook and go, we cannot keep sending all of these sports that lose millions of dollars. We cannot keep sending them across the country. Like it's just, there's no business on the planet that would do that. And so eventually I think Chip Kelly, what he, you know, Chip Kelly didn't have a, it wasn't like it was a unique idea, but like, I'm glad he's saying it. Like, why aren't we just like at the highest level? Everybody's independent in football, and then we have our other conferences for every other sport. That makes the most sense to me, and I think eventually that's where we're headed. But at the same time, I just don't trust us to land the plane.
3: The the business model is so stupid. Can you imagine a company sending their, their sales force across the country? They put them up. That
2: didn't make money though, Neil. It's not even that. It's, Hey, the lowest revenue department. You know what we're going to do? We're going to increase your travel costs. 900%. You'll just describe the Larry Scott era of the PAC 12.
3: Yeah. That's (laughs) what I said. But you send you send the sales force across the country. You put them up in the Ritz Carlton. Uh Uh-huh. And then when they come back, like, well, what'd you sell? Nothing. Oh, cool. Well, Hey, head on back next week. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't understand,
1: Neil, these people are innovators. Like you got to keep them happy. Like this. This is talent acquisition.
3: It's just it's the one word that keeps when you talk to athletics people
1: insane. It's
2: insane.
3: What they say is, well, it is insane. But what they say is it's unsustainable. This is this is not sustainable. But yet they just keep agreeing
2: with it.
1: Well, because also tells me they're not making decisions.
3: Well, no, they're not.
2: I get
1: that.
3: But at the end, like (laughs) Because well, what are you going to do? If, if I mean, if you're in an athletics department and you're like, "Hey, this doesn't work," we should stop this. Well, they're all going to lose their jobs. Everybody's well, imagine, I mean, people imagine. are doing what I people are doing what I did this morning when I told Chase. I said, "Man, on one hand, I hate that I'm getting older and my kids are almost out and all this stuff, and I'm about to go to this different phase of life. And on the other hand, I'm glad I'm not 33 trying to make a living covering college football."
2: Do you, you think? And, I mean, and, and, and obviously, Jeffrey's on a little different career by path. The way. He's doing radio and stuff like that. But 39, how much ever longer i in this field in general. I'm playing off this for a reason. Do you think before I retire, Neil, assuming nothing happens medically and it's normal years, I am covering an SEC soccer match that has significance? Men's?
3: Probably.
1: You think so? See, I was going the other way. Here's why I'm um, going the other way. um, I'm going to go the other way because I do think when you try to make sense out of everything, particularly stuff that decisions that don't really make a lot of sense, there is one through line through all of this. And that through line is we are slowly trimming the fat and we're milking what makes money more than ever and it's 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 not on like this this doesn't have like this has historical context like we are in like late stage capitalism and so that that is typically like what you see even like back you in You stress the, it
2: enough though and it breaks.
1: Correct, but the reason why I don't think you're ever going to be covering an SEC soccer match in 30 something years is I don't ever see a scenario in which SEC you think there's suck.
2: you think it's more likely in 12 years tennis and golf or club sports that the university just pays something to, yes. to keep active.
1: Yes, to me, the biggest question is how are they going to navigate the waters of women's sports? Mm-hmm. Because it this is Neil, this is no different than when that AD or that CFO at Auburn sat you down, what 20 something years ago, yep, and said, Listen. This isn't a, a real business. This is there is a reason why, you know, essentially this is like a nonprofit, in which two sports basically fund everything. And that's part of the college mission. Is, you know, you're you're like this wasn't meant to be, this wasn't meant to be professional sports. The problem is you got all this money in there because I definitely am, I'm, I'm with Neil. Eventually, I I know this. Private equity is certainly going to try to get their hands into it because private equity sits there and goes what are the big growth where are the big growth opportunities financially well look at the difference in tv contracts for college you know now compared to 10 years ago i mean the pac 12 in 2012 had the most lucrative tv deal of every league out there well now they're dead so to me, the I guess the other question that you have to somewhat consider is what happens to this model if linear TV, maybe let's say like linear TV doesn't die, but all of a sudden ESPN goes from seventy five million customers to forty five million customers, and you know the the TV deals all of a sudden dry up. Maybe like they're ne- they're never going to be like zero. But like let's say the TV deals end up going to tech companies. Well, tech companies largely give out money. Like they give out smaller guaranteed money and they make it incentive based.
2: You know, that's uh, that's always been my fault is that even before these current television contracts that are going into implementation soon run out, it is very possible that ESPN or Fox the business model changes a little bit or they simply don't have that level of checkbook or don't want to spend it there. And then you've altered everything over something that no longer exists. Correct. I mean, you're putting a ton of faith in the fact that ESPN always has billions of dollars to pay you for college sports.
1: And I think the problem is it's like kind of the same theme that we're talking about with, you know, because I agree with Neil. Like, imagine if you're Keith Carter, and even if you believe in your heart of hearts, like what we're doing is insane. Like, why why wouldn't we just play – why wouldn't we play games that our, our people care about? Like, let's get away from this. And if Ole Miss like weren't in the sec, like, and again, that's a little bit more difficult of a, uh, of a situation because like, duh, why would you, why would you get out of this? But like, let's say you're, you know, you're North Carolina and you're making this decision of like, it does not make sense to add these schools. Like, what are we doing here? And you end up getting left behind. Well, your job's probably on the line. You're probably getting fired because your fan base goes like, "What are you doing? Like, well, well, why? Why are we had a seat at the table? Like, you're you're backing away from a seat at the table." And I think that's the problem. Is like panic sets in, and then everybody just sits there and goes, "Well, that's a problem for future us." And I get. I think also a bigger issue is careers at this level are getting shorter, and so you know maybe someone sits there and goes like. Hey, I got. That's probably not even going to be my decision to figure out. It's going to be somebody else's decision to figure out. Like my job right now is to get as much money as possible for my school and I'm just going to keep doing that. I think that's I think that's what ends up happening is that I think probably inherently they all know like they have the same concerns that we're raising here. It's just they sit there and know like, well, what are you going to do? Like we're in this rat Yeah, I know
2: 100%. Yeah, I mean it wasn't criticism of Keith or Selma. No, no, I, yeah. it in Mississippi State or wherever else. I mean, your job is to get the most money and the most eyeballs and the most everything. I mean, it makes sense. It's just when you look at it on a totality standpoint, it's hold on, got a got a question. So,
3: I don't know. All right, my quick bunt thing. Both y'all's opinion. On oh, the bunt. sorry. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Sorry. All right, so Neil is so, upset about a Cubs game last night, Jeffrey, for context. So, right, so here, do you two
3: nobody out, right? Yeah, here's here's context. So when we catch everybody up, here we go. Go quick. Cubs trail All four right. to two. Cubs trail four to two Going into the ninth. It's at New York. Uh Mets bring their closer, Adam Atavino. We're in the ninth Suzuki.
2: inning down four two.
3: Top of the ninth, four to two. Okay. Seiya Suzuki leads off with the home run, four three. Okay. Jamer Candelario follows with a single. Man on okay. first. Nobody out. Mike Talkman draws a walk. Ooh. First and second, nobody out. Mets make a pitching change. Take Adovino out. He's pissed. They bring in this young guy, throws hard, kind of wild, walks a bunch of people. Pitch one to uh, 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 Madrigal, Nick Madrigal, who is not a power hitter, but doesn't strike out much at all. Behind Nick Madrigal is, is uh, the rookie, Morrell. Morrell hits a lot of home runs, dynamic player, a lot of fun does strike out a lot okay so keep that in mind in your in your process so talkman walks it's 1-0 to madrigal the first pitch is high way out of the zone second pitch he lays down a bunt really good bunt moves it down third baseline throws out at first sacrifice runners move up to second and third i'm livid at this moment i'm watching people on twitter going oh that's great move move the runners over. Now a base hit scores two runs. I'm like, he's not, he's going to, he strikes out 38% of the time. He, more, You know, Morrell's a, 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 a all or nothing kind of guy. And yeah, there's a decent chance that he's going to drive one 440 feet right here. He homered on the first pitch of the game. He's he's a dynamic young player, but he struck out. Then they walk uh, Nico Horner and they strike out Ian Happ, Mets win 4-3. And I blame the whole thing on David Ross.
2: Yes, um, it has been. I mean, yeah, because I of the matchups, I completely agree with you.
3: I hate bunts. I hate them. They should, they're communist. I hate them. Don't give away. And if you're going to bunt, make the pitcher who just came in, who's known for his wildness, who's probably got his heart rate's probably jumping off the roof, make him throw a strike first. That was my
2: point. So he did, we, we didn't seem to square or do anything on, on pitch one, but then with it, one no,
3: oh, he threw it, he threw it high and away on, on, on one oh. I mean, so he's 1-0. Make him throw a strike. Yeah, you're, you're- giving the new kid who's wild and out to get yeah. settled down. You're letting him settle down. He's pro- he's in New York. He's in a cl- closing situation. He's no question the heart rate's elevated. He walks a bunch of people anyway. Let him walk Madrigal. Madrigal doesn't chase pitches. He's a, he's a very disciplined hitter. Walk Madrigal and then make him have to throw a strike to Morrell. So. I don't hate the bunt as much
1: as everyone else my age does. Um, probably because I was a good bunter. And so, like, I do think it's an art form. Um, a fly ball brings home a run too, Neil.
3: <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. <laughs> and, you know, the infields playing in. So, yeah, but, but, you know, Morell's not a, he might not, he might not make contact. So right, he but I am out, also,
2: I'm but he also might hit into a double play.
3: But the infield's
1: in like I'm paying him to <laughs> hit a freaking fly ball.
3: I I totally get it. I get it. And then my other complaint with the Cubs this is this is I'm 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 turning on David Ross publicly at this Ooh. point. Cody Bellinger's your best hitter. It's a, by the way,
1: it is amazing. This team has no chance of winning a title. None. But all at of all. a sudden, you put your you put your team's name at the top of the standings. Ever loses their damn <laughs> mind? Like all of a sudden, I know. All of a sudden, all right.
3: It's, wait, wait. All right hold on. You guys are baseball I guys.
1: Fire David Ross. Like
3: <laughs> no, no. Here's here's but here's the thing. Cody Bellinger's he's your lost best. The clubhouse. <laughs> Cody Bellinger's your best hitter. Where do you hit Cody Bellinger in your lineup if he's your best hitter? First what, or what second? Spot in the lineup. Second question. But for me, it's two. Yeah, it's two. Okay. Do you hit him fourth? I'm, well, David I'm not, Ross hits him fourth every damn night. I mean, hit no, him second. Hit him that's third. It's kind, of, well, that's but kind no. of old school. What do you do? What do you do? Well, so, yeah, old so school. It's like okay, you know. Hey, what if,
1: if we get the first three guys on, my guys up with a base is juiced. I know.
3: I know. <laughs> it's just. It's just unreal, man. I mean, if,
2: see, when you hit him fourth, he either gets to lead off in the second inning, which is good, yeah. or he gets to hit with a runner on. I mean, win win. He has, Let's he has so to be hit. Clear.
3: He has to hit second.
2: No,
1: no spot in the order has, has a better PR team than the four hole because it does. just saying somebody's hitting cleanup is just like, you immediately, <laughs> like he's the cleanup hitter and you go, Oh, that guy can rake
3: cleanup hitter brought to you by
1: Hoover. Yeah, yeah, Clorox. Hoover, the vacuum cleaner that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Come on.
1: Get, get the Clorox out. Cause we're about to do some cleaning up, baby. You I don't four hours of I don't, today.
3: I don't is envy every- your day today. Um, uh, yeah. Jeff, well, well, I I'll think everyone's gonna
1: tone. I think everyone's gonna tone it down. They they freaked out after SMU basically said we'll pay two hundred million dollars to be in the a- ACC.
3: That was, uh, I I like Calkins fine, but that was that was a ridiculous take. I I, I would not have to defend that for three hours. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you.
2: Yeah. yeah, enjoy your day, bud. Appreciate it. All right, guys. All right. They uh just to give people updates. Obviously, by the time they will have made a decision, by the time you guys hear this, but we still do not know if we're inside or outside or what practice looks like for Ole Miss uh, today, as of a couple minutes ago.
3: So there was just, going uh, to be a tour of the facility today for media that has now been pushed to tomorrow. So Chase, you'll get to get the tour. Oh, you probably were more yeah. you probably were more interested in the tour than I was. So you'll get the tour. Okay, uh, Chase, you'll get coordinators tomorrow. I'm I will. getting. I'm getting players today. So it will be, it, it will be ab- absolutely a newsworthy day to hear from Pete Golding. I don't know that the Charlie Weiss jr. Interview will, will be all that scintillating. If, if last year's any indication, it will not be. He um, is not going to name a starting quarterback tomorrow. Mr. McCready. He will, uh, he will <laughs> say whatever lane tells him to say, um, Golding 20% thinks,
2: less than that.
3: Yes. <laughs> yes. It be very guarded. Um, Golding will be interesting. And I, I don't know what player I don't know what players we get today. Um but they're trying to decide whether to go inside or outside. It rained all morning. It has as of this moment appears to be clearing, but I think there's more rain in the forecast. I'm going to assume
2: you get defensive players today. That is my assumption. So we'll see what that looks like. Uh, and again, no Saturday access for us this week. Just giving people a heads
3: up there on. Uh, right. I don't even. I don't even know. Is next week start Monday, Wednesday, Friday?
2: Uh, hold on. I'll tell you. I'll be fast.
3: It's not. Oh, you're fine. Terrible, terrible podcast. I just bored people with ten minutes of upset about a bunch. So.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I will say I, while I ultimately agree with you. I don't mind it that situation as much as I absolutely despise the man on first, bun him to second with nobody else. Yeah, that one bothers me even more.
3: I'm just of the opinion that man, a pitching staff's a pitching staff's in the process of blowing a game, don't give them assistance.
2: Yes, and Monday, I, Wednesday, I, Friday next week.
3: Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I realize Madrigal could hit a hard ground ball to third, and it's five, four, three. Or 5 3 double play. I get it 100%. There's a decent chance he's getting walked right there. Or that the hitter, the pitcher falls down in the count 2 0, 3 1. And And he drives something. And he drives something into the gap. And now you've got the tying run scores. You've got second and third, nobody out. And you're about to blow this thing open. That was every bit as likely with the pitcher right there. But whatever. I I did remind myself quickly, this team's not winning, so chill out. But I was mad for a minute. It was the first time this season I got mad at a game.
2: Got a last thing. Do you think, let's say whatever world ends up happening, what we're talking about, they decide they're going to reclassify everything and have a Super League and somebody pays a billion dollars or they start trying to kick out a team? And you go, hey, no, we're just gonna remove you from the league or we're gonna do this. Which happens first? Do we just blow the whole thing up, or is there a northwestern Vanderbilt that's in danger of getting axed first?
3: So here's what's interesting is that last couple years ago, I guess when that super league thing was on the precipice of happening in Europe, where the you know it was gonna be Man City and Manu and Chelsea and Tottenham and Arsenal and Liverpool and they were going to join a league with, you know, PSG and Barcelona and Real Madrid and et cetera. What stopped that was the fans in Europe, the fans in Europe who said, no, 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 you're messing with what we love. We don't want a super league. We, we want the English premier league. We 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 love the talk about relegation. We love to go to the pubs and talk about, you know, where we are in the table and and all of that stuff. We want to play Leicester and Tottenham and yes, we 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 love the Leicester game. We hate Leicester, but we want to play Leicester. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so the question is, when that happens. And it wasn't just the it wasn't just the fans of Leicester or Leeds or whatever who fought. It was the fans of Man City. And man, you were like, no, no, uh, we don't want, we don't want to play, we don't want to suddenly be in the same league with Bayern Munich.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: No, why, don't we, why would we want to be in that league? So it's the question is when this comes about, does this, and just everybody, put your put your passion down for just a moment. Does the Georgia fan say, no, it's not what we want. We don't want to be in a league with Ohio State. We like when Ole Miss comes here. We like going to the Grove. It's fun. That's what it's about. Does the Texas fan say, well, we don't don't want to be in a league with with Penn State. We want to be in a league with Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Texas A&M, as much as we hate them and make fun of them and their stupid thumb and their rings and stuff. The truth is, we we like that game. Yeah. I don't know. It's why I read the, the email that I, I will, would go out on a limb and guess that Mandel made up. Because he makes a really good point. What does make college football fun that is different than the NFL?
2: Oh, I mean, you're... Is the you're speaking. Going, you, you're you're speaking to the commissioner of this conversation. I mean, I'm. Is I'm the, I, it is
3: the. I don't know the name of the stadium at Oregon State. I've never been to Corvallis. I don't know, but it is the dad who went to OSU who takes his kids there on Saturday. That's what it is. It's 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 the tailgates that, the parties at the sorority houses. Pick your school. Do Ole Miss if you want. Do the Grove, whatever. Pick a school. up. It's the tailgates at LSU with the people that you know, a lot of the people that went to school there that come back, or it's the 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 stuff on the you know wherever, whatever. Pick pick your place. I don't care. It doesn't it's all the same, but it's a different connection than NFL. And I'm not. I didn't say it was better or worse, but it's different. And if you turn, if you, If you turn college football into the NFL, it's not going to work. It's going to be an inferior product and you're going to strip away the things that make college football, what college, what makes college football attractive. You're going to make it less attractive to the fans. What makes college football fun is the, like I'll use Arkansas for an example, because my kids, my kids went there. One went there. One's still there. It's, parties at the sorority house before out in the thing and then they walk over to some fraternity house right then they go parents have a tailgate up someplace and then they walk to the game and they leave the game and they go down to Dixon and at at Ole Miss it's you go to the Grove and then you go to the stadium and then you go back to the Grove or you go to the square it's different than an NFL setting not diff. not better not worse different And they're stripping that away in a lot of ways. And the people that are making these decisions are corporate people. Yeah. And the people that are falling for it are the schools. Why? Because they've allowed the thing to become about nothing but money. And And when you put a for sale sign in the yard, you don't get to pick who buys it. No. You just. And I know.
2: Worry is too strong, because I know it was just a topic on the message board. and Everybody's talking about it, and we're nowhere near this point. But, I mean, again, the craziness of college football makes us at least have this conversation. They cut this thing to a 32-team mega-league. Ole Miss is in. You're okay. Yeah, yeah Ole Miss is in. You're in fine. The Ole Miss is probably in on a 24, but that's really not the point. No, it's not. I'm just saying we can have the conversation about the big thing of going, oh, my God, when they kick somebody out. It's where Stewart was so stupid when he did the whole thing of the Mississippi schools and Indiana and Rutgers. And it's like, yeah, please tell me the last time Rutgers had a $130 million athletic budget and has been to three Access Bowls in 10 years. Shut up.
3: The, I mean, the, it, the, it, the it, point it, is, like whoever it is that gets kicked out, let's say Missouri, wouldn't you feel bad for Missouri? Oh, 100%. Yes. Wouldn't you feel bad for the people that are Missouri fans? I well, would. The Missouri
2: fan, I feel bad for anyway. Because, yes, they're, it's, it's the whole point bringing home here. They cash this huge check, and they get some cool games, and drink what gets to go to SC Media Days, and they get the whole environment. They're not part of the club. They don't feel like part of the club. Nobody sees them as part of the club. And maybe it takes time. I mean, we didn't have social media and the internet, so I don't know how long Arkansas and South Carolina fans took for them to feel like part of the club. But Missouri doesn't. They feel over there, and they're still in the east, even though we're losing divisions. And it just – there's no real natural rivalry. They don't play Kansas. They don't play Kansas State. They don't play Illinois. They don't get play the teams they give a crap about in the other sports or in general. It, it just doesn't fit. It doesn't work. The actual Missouri fan, they like the Big Ten. They like the Big 12. They like the Big Eight. They like playing those teams. I'll give you an example. People.
3: I'll give you an example. Iowa State wouldn't make the cut. No. You ever watch a game in Ames on TV? Their people are really into it. They're fun. Yeah. They're fun. Virginia Tech probably wouldn't make the cut. West Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Cool go to a West place. Vir- it's real cool go to a West Virginia game they're fun I, I mean you, you're gonna you're gonna make them a you' gonna just eliminate I mean, how does that work I, it well Oregon State is a great example that's a fun
2: all sports program campus the whole deal it's a neat place it's, it's much neater than a lot of places that are in a much better shape right now and they are completely hung out to dry they have no home
3: none well, and like, and Ole Miss fans can relate to this because for the longest time, I can remember seeing those uh, those posters of the Superdome with the mm-hmm. the flag, Ole Miss flag, and we shall return or whatever. Oregon State, the whole deal every year is, hey, boy, it's going to take a lot of luck and a lot of stuff. But could we get to the Rose Bowl? Mm-hmm. Could we get to the Rose Bowl? Washington State got to the Rose Bowl that year, and they still live off of it. It's because that's what college football is. Ryan Leaf got him to the Rose Bowl, and they took 60,000 people to Pasadena or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, in 2008, when Ole Miss...
2: Purdue, went to the, cotton, the picture of Breeze with the rose in his mouth.
3: Yeah. When Ole Miss went to the Cotton Bowl in 2008 and drank Dallas dry at New Year's, Yeah, that's college football. It's a four lost team. It's what makes it fun. I just, I mean, I'm not, I, I, and you know me, Chick, you're far more the, the yeah, romantic yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't get all that wrong. I don't watch college game day. I don't, I don't get into all that stuff much. I really don't. But it's getting, I, <laughs> what Jeffrey said is so true. We're having absurd conversations about Cal and Stanford joining the ACC. I mean, you, you, you can get to the Pacific Ocean from the Berkeley campus in less than an hour. I would assume from Palo Alto you could as well. Mm-hmm. Certainly as the crow flies, it wouldn't take you long at all. And they're going to play in the ACC? Make it make sense. So when people say, well, this could never happen, yeah, it could.
2: Yeah. USC and Rutgers, Rutgers are going to play
3: a conference volleyball game. Yeah, in Piscataway. Yes. The team's gonna board a plane and realistically they're gonna they're gonna justify it by well, okay. Well, we're gonna get them to play a bunch of games out there while they're there. Yeah,
2: they'll go and play Maryland or Penn State while they're out there.
3: So, they'll be away from campus for a week in the middle of school so that they can play volleyball sets against Rutgers, Penn State, and Maryland? Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and, and then two weeks later, the Rutgers team is going to fly to the West Coast, and they're going to play a match at USC and then a match at UCLA, and then they're going to hop on a plane and fly up to Oregon. And play one and then go to seattle and play another and they'll come back their parents by the way won't see any of those games unless they have the resources to fly to those places Mm -hmm. yeah it's 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 it's, it's, kind of different right when you sign a scholarship to play volleyball at nc state and you're from north carolina the parents are like Hey, this will be We'll great. get
2: Wake Forest and we'll get Duke and we'll get yeah, We'll Carolina. be able to go to Chapel
3: Hill and we'll be able to go to Winston Salem and we'll be able to go to uh Durham, Raleigh, and Durham and 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 you know what, when you when you make the trip to Clemson, that's not that bad. We'll we'll, we'll go to Clemson. Maybe we'll save up and when you guys go to Boston College, we'll we'll, we'll make a We'll take a, the
2: trip and go have a lobster a roll trip. and the whole deal.
3: Yeah, you know, that's kind of what you sign up for. It's not about football, but maybe they're going to break the football away. But man, I'm going to tell you, you break the football away. It's a dangerous path at that point. It really is. You, the day that football breaks away and does its own thing, it'll be the day that I'm like, Hey, better watch out for the super league. Cause that's, that's all that's left at that point. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh,
2: thanks to Jeffrey for uh, his time today. I know he's got a, uh, a very busy, crowded day a lot to prepare for, for, uh, him and then, uh, Again, practice, content, rebelgrub.com, stuff there. And then, uh, again, Pete Golding, Pete Charlie Wise Jr. tomorrow and uh, and much more. Still uh, here 23 days-ish from the uh, the first game, something like that. So we'll uh, coverage, rebelgrub.com, MPW Digital Network. Take care. We'll talk to you again soon.